the Bayes STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Job Ready Certification Fast Track Behavior in Business Best Practices in Business Etiquette A Professional Development Seminar Featuring CEO of QSI Global, Talia Fox Professionals understand that etiquette in business is a critical factor in making decisions. Success in any industry relies on relationships, whether with coworkers, clients, suppliers, or investors. When you are well-mannered and considerate in dealing with others, you create engaging, productive, long-lasting relationships. In this course, we will discuss accepted business behavior and its importance in business correspondence. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Job Ready Certification Fast Track Behavior in Business Best Practices in Business Etiquette Featuring Talia Fox And she had this wonderful opportunity uh, to travel all around the world. Her name is Roselle Lawrence. You can look her up. She's on the cover of Jet. She's on the cover of all of these magazines. And so I had this opportunity to be raised with a lot of manners. And so she would always say, she had these long cigarettes. And she'd say, Talia, darling, manners will get you places that money will not. And she used to put a book on my head. And she would show me how to eat. And then if I didn't have, she would tell me, oh, you, you're always polite to people. You smile. She was always correcting my, my posture. And as all probably young people, little girls, I pretty much grew up extremely annoyed by my grandmother, right? I, I felt like she was punishing me somehow. And I had this idea of her that all this stuff that she was telling me was just, quite frankly, if I can just say show, I just felt it was all just very stupid, <laughs> right? Um, so that was the idea that I had. And I did it because, of course, you just have to listen to your grandma. But the whole way, very resentful and felt like there was no value in anything that she was sharing with me. So I got an internship at a law firm, my very first internship. And at this internship, we all, I was, I was actually at Howard at the time, and we all went to this dinner. And when we went to this dinner, there were place settings there, as you will see. It was a dinner that's going to look just like the dinner tonight. Um, and you had the fork and the knife and everything all set up. And I looked, and I was so excited because I knew exactly what to do. I knew the napkin went on my lap first. I knew what fork to use. I knew that the uh, the liquids are on the right and the solids are on the left. I knew that I needed to break my bread. I knew all the different things. And I was kind of helping some of my colleagues because everybody, you know, people were drinking each other's drink and doing all these other things, right? Um, I also knew the rules of engagement. So there's some things you don't do at a table. You don't talk about, you actually don't talk too much about business. You keep the conversation light, but you also try to engage in such a way um, that, that is interesting. So you smile, you, you wait to eat until everybody is served. There are all these kind of rules. So I just was excited that I was there and I could use some of this useless information <laughs> that my grandmother had given me. Well, after that, the partner of the firm actually called me into his office that Monday. And he wanted to give me a promotion. So this was an internship that wasn't paid that much. He offered a promotion and quite a large amount of money. I got an office with a view, this was in New York, an office with a view, and I became the intern supervisor. And so I said to him, why me? And he said, it's very clear that you know what's going on. 
so I feel like I can trust you. So what was interesting about that is I don't know how he picked up on those things, but something as what I consider useless is just knowing what fork to use. I created a certain kind of brand, right? And even in the talking, right? So to be able to shake hands, uh, to make the right eye contact, it actually turned in for me into a very tangible, like I was paid, promoted, and trusted simply based on the fact that I knew when to go right, I knew when to go left, right? And I was able to understand and know the dance. I was the intern supervisor. So after that, I began to realize uh, there is something about hiring someone. And this actually happens in my firm too. We hire a lot of different people. And I watch my own behavior in hiring these people. And the behavior is, is that I will send the person that I could trust to be appropriate even before I send the person that's the best. Another quick story, you ready for it? And we'll, we'll do some exercises. Are you all with me, are you up? I know this has been a long day for you, right? Stand up for just one second. All right, just one second, I'm gonna tell you, tell you the story and then we're gonna go. All right, just kind of shake it out, hands in the air. Uh, repeat after me, life is good. We have an opportunity here that so many people would love to have. Let's just take a moment of silence as you stretch it out for those that could not be here. Right? And think about what a great opportunity that we have. And then turn to your partner and say, I see you so successful and I'm excited for you. Okay, excellent. I'm, sit on down. Good, get the energy going. I love it. What story was I about to tell you? You remember? Yes. Okay, great. So at this very conference, right, um, I, I'm able to choose a bunch of speakers. And there was one particular person that was coming to speak. He was a gentleman. And he literally, he had so much energy. He was one of the best speakers I had ever really seen. Really, he was amazingly talented. But every time we had check-in meetings, he was about five minutes late. He showed up when he came to the first event. He was a little bit disheveled, also five, six, seven minutes late. Another event, he ended up making it, but he called and he had some kind of big, he always had some problem or something he had to contend with. He had to leave early. So he would constantly call me and share these things um, about, you know, it would just be something interesting. Like, I can't get on a flight. I'm going to have to go to Philadelphia and do this. And I'm like, okay, thanks for sharing. Are you going to be able to do the work or not? Kind of, kind of thing. And what was interesting is he literally was the best, but I did not call him back again to do any work. And the only reason I didn't call him back is because, and I would have loved to, I just couldn't trust that he was going to be able to follow the rules of engagement. He also did a couple of other things. So he actually called a client directly, and you don't do that when you're doing the kind of work that we do. So there were some other little missteps that he made. And the intention on his part was to be helpful, to do a good job, but he did not understand how things worked, and he didn't understand the rules, which made him, despite his talent, useless to me because he robbed me, as a CEO of a company, of peace of mind. So I choose speakers when, I, when I'm choosing speakers and I'm hiring people, the people that actually know the rules will trump the talented. Isn't that interesting? I wish it didn't work like that. Can you see how that would happen? You want to send someone you know who's going to be there on time? Because those are the basics, right? you got to have the basics first before you move on. Um, so when we talk about business etiquette, knowing these rules are, are critical, critical to success. So let's talk about what some of these rules are. 
So etiquette is just defined simply as the conventional rules of polite behavior. So I don't really like to say being polite because there are kind of cultural nuances. Rules are different across different organizations. But really, it's just the game. What are the rules of the game? What happened in business? Um, and what the reason that they're important is because manners and rules are in place in order to create an experience to show respect to other people in the room. Right? So in business, the reason that they have these rules of engagement is actually to create an experience and environment so that people can thrive and, and add something. So for example, the rules of engagement are to introduce yourself and make eye contact, but not to talk too much. Why? Because somebody else needs to talk. If you're a person that's in a room with a bunch of people and you don't realize that you've been talking for too long when you're introducing yourself, that's a violation of the rule, and you're not being sensitive to the idea that you're not the only one in the room that needs to share, right? If you're a person in the room that you're not talking enough, do you know that you're not carrying your social weight? Do you know that it's unfair to be in a situation and allow someone else to have to do all the talking, all the question answering, and if you just answer and don't ask any questions back? That's like playing tennis with someone, and you're asking that person to serve the ball, and you just stand there and go, and you never pick up and hit the ball back? That's a violation of the rule because it's not being sensitive to carrying your weight. Right? So it's about being sensitive to creating a particular experience. All right. Um, and we talked a little bit about why this is important. If you are going to be successful, you have to understand the game you're in, and you have to play the game. Before we continue on, you all are going to get a chance to introduce yourselves and also share with the group some of your wisdom about business etiquette. What questions do you have for me? Are there some things on your mind that you've always wondered about? Come on in. No worries. Yes. Yes. So uh, when you are giving a handshake, there's not a steadfast rule on this, but it just shouldn't be too weak and limp. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, handshakes mean a couple things. I have a volunteer to come on up so we can, we can show this. Come on down. Thank you. What is your name? Catherine. Okay, so with, with the handshake, I'm going to introduce myself to Catherine in just a moment. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Talia Fox. Catherine Hurt. Catherine Hurt. Okay, great. So one thing that you notice, I think all of you probably have heard this before, we didn't do the outside thing, right? Um, you also have to have enough space because some people, they, there's these awkward moments. I've watched people, they try to shake hands, but they're way too close, so it's like this weird thing, right? <laughs> um, you put your hand straight out, and it should be right, a, a, a certain amount of firmness. Here is the rule though. You don't have to shake someone's hand too firm. You can allow the person that is kind of, if, if you're talking to a senior leader, let their firmness dictate you a little bit. So as long as it's not like this, which this is, oops, that's okay. I'll pick this up for you and sit this here for just a moment. Um, as long as it's not like this, what does this mean? It could mean it's not confident, but particularly if, if we're a different gender role, this could actually be, you ever heard of the word uh, to, to, to sun somebody, right? This is kind of like, yeah, who are you, right? So it can actually be offensive because I'm not really respecting you. So it's good eye contact, smile. Nice to meet you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Just give her a hand. Um, and again, this is, I, I am a real big proponent of posture. I watch some people kind of go like this. Um, another thing that ends up happening is there is also, uh, when it comes to the handshake, is people don't know the rhythm of the conversation. So I, I, I've experienced this already today, and it's something very, very specific that you have to get a vibe with, where they'll shake hands, and while you're shaking hands, you're saying your name and moving on to something else. 
So you can kind of calm down a little bit and say, hi, you know, Talia Fox, let them go, nice to meet you. And then you pause for just a moment and say, I'm a student at Delaware State University and I'm interested in looking at experiences or jobs in the aerospace industry. Uh, I'd love to hear more about what you do uh, in your organization. Do you see the pace of that? And I'm also enunciating my words. Some of us, we get a little bit too, like, hi, my name is and I, and I, and I and uh huh, what did you say? And it just gets a little awkward because we're, 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 there's something going on where there's not a rhythm. I actually see that with a lot of pre-professionals where um, there is something about the practice of the rhythm. I don't know how to really articulate that rhythm, but we're gonna practice it here. You kind of get it as you practice and do a little bit more. Excellent, what else, what other questions do you have? Yes, so let me first say this. Human beings are awkward people. <laughs> so meeting someone for the first time can be awkward. And so I don't want you to be terrified of awkward moments because it's actually the terror, it's the way that you respond to awkward moments that actually make the moment awkward. <laughs> right? It can be difficult to meet someone for the first time. And weird things happen. Um, sorry for this analogy, but I, I, I like to think about puppies. They have a rule. They know it's like a sniff test, right? <laughs> and they do it, and everyone seems to know what to do as a little bit. As, as human beings, we don't seem to have the rules of, of how we kind of engage. So sometimes it's a little bit of an awkward moment. So the first thing is don't be afraid of the awkward moment. The second thing around eye contact is there is the right amount of eye contact. I actually have been guilty. I love making eye contact. Depending on the culture that you're in, you have to be very careful that eye contact is the appropriate business etiquette strategy. In the US, eye contact is definitely a sign of confidence. The lack of eye contact means what, typically in Western culture? Not confident. Sometimes people even might think you're shady, might think you're lying about something. That's not the case. You just may not want to make eye contact with them. Um, but eye contact, I have been guilty of making a little too much eye contact. So this actually happened about 10 minutes ago. I shook someone's hand and I was looking and we were staring and I noticed he went, hmm. <laughs> and I was like, wrong amount of eye contact. Um, so I, I, you know, I had to shift the eye contact and kind of bring it back. And so um, you, know, you, you look them in the eye, it might get a little awkward. You can break it as you'd like to, but, but you kind of can go, there's something called as you build rapport, you sort of model what the person that you're talking to is doing. So if someone is really relaxed, you can relax a little bit. If someone's being a little more formal, you might kind of rise up to that a little more formality as, as you're talking. If they're making a lot of eye contact, you can kind of stay with that. If you see that they're breaking their eyes a lot, you just kind of stay steady and you can do the same thing. And so there's almost like a rhythm of, of we're communicating with each other through our body language, uh, our own level of comfort and, and where we are in the conversation. Helpful? Okay, great. But if it gets awkward, it's okay, right? You, you stay in there. <laughs> Excellent. What else? What other questions do you have? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. The question is, how do you stay energetic for the entire conversation? And how energetic should you be? So the first thing to know about energy is that energy, come on in, sir. We have lots of seats. Wonderful. Energy is a choice. Energy is a choice. What's, what's important about that is that many of us will literally behave how we feel. We talked about this in the first session, some of you weren't there, but that's an amateur move. Just because you're tired, you do not have to visibly seem tired. Right? A professional knows how to pull energy. So here are some indicators that you are energized. A, your posture. 
is a form of energy. Your voice. Confidence is not something that's abstract inside. It's an actual behavior that you master, right? And so the energy is I am focused. My voice is at a nice tone and volume. I'm, I'm looking at you in the eye. I'm standing confidently and calm. And I'm going to really get excited about what you're doing. Now, you asked how much energy is too much energy. Uh, I have seen people that, depending on the mood and what you're talking about, right? I, I've watched them say, I'm so excited about being in environmental health, right? OK. <laughs> if you were talking about a new innovation in environmental health, then that's an exciting thing to do, and you should express that. But if you're just introducing yourself, saying that you're in environmental health, you know, just in terms of the rules of engagement, that's exciting, but it doesn't call for you to be jumping up and down right now. You know, maybe you have an invention. So if you're talking about something you're excited about, show excitement. If you're talking about just normal stuff, like introducing, stay with me. You know, some of us are falling asleep. I know I don't take it personally. No worries. Um, stay with me. So if you're talking about something that is just run of the mill, your name, where you're from, what you're doing. There should be just a, a, a normal tone, normal energy. But again, if, if you go into, I have been working on this project and I am so excited about it, let me tell you what it is, right? Then you want to up your energy. So we're always choosing energy, not just based on some arbitrary thing. We're choosing it based on what we're sharing and, and who we're sharing it with is really important. Is that helpful? Okay. What else? What other questions do you have? Business etiquette. Extract maximum value from this situation. Yes, sir. So small talk. Small talk is important, but I don't necessarily believe in it in certain environments. right? So there's different types of small talk that you can choose. In this environment, you are really here to connect and do business. So there's no reason for you to say something like, so how's the weather outside in DC? Right? It's a waste of your time, and there are too many people to talk, talk about. But what small talk could be is, in this environment, um, hey, what sessions did you go to? I went to a session around business etiquette, and I'm, just, I, I'm really excited about what I'm learning here. That's, that that kind of gets the conversation going. Right? Um, so at your level, do you still go to sessions? I'm trying to pick up little nuggets of wisdom from people around what they're experiencing at the conference. That's small talk, right? Or I might even ask someone, you know, I've been thinking a lot today about my goals as a STEM professional and as, as a budding engineer. And my goal has been that I really would like to work in this space because um, what, what is your goal? We're still, it's February, right? We're, we're still kind of in the new year. What have some of your goals been? Depending on where you are in the conversation. But that could be small talk um, before you get into maybe an ask for an opportunity. Right? Um, there's also the, what they, something called they call levels of conversation. And so there is a rhythm of introducing yourself, maybe saying a little small talk, like I'm really enjoying the conference. I just got out of this session. And my goodness, I feel so enlightened about what it is I need to do next. Right? And then you might say, oh, what organization? I'd love to hear about um, your journey as a professional. Right? Do you see how that could kind of get the flow going? And then now we're building a relationship. And then you might go into, I don't know if we have some synergy. I know that you share that you're in aerospace and I'm in renewable energy. However, what suggestions do you have for me? Uh, you seem that you know, you've been doing this for so long. Well, how might I make the best out of this conference? 
A couple other things. How, how many, is this your first conference? That's a great one. What, what advice might you have for me to really maximize talk about there, my success at this conference? Right? These are all these things that you can say. Uh, can you feel the energy of that? How that would be, you know, it feels, feels good and feels connected. Welcome. Okay. Helpful? Great. Yes. Introvert versus extrovert. Let's define that really quickly. There's lots of definitions, and even the definition that I'm going to give you has some controversy in the psychology world. So introvert only means that you get energy, there's controversy around this definition, but we're going to go with this one for, for, for our purposes here. It means that you need to process, and it means that you get energy from being alone, and you kind of would prefer to kind of sit back and think and process. Extroverts tend to get energy by interacting with people. So what that means for us, hi, how are you? What that means for us is that for extroverts, they will become less tired networking. Introverts, after a day of networking, you literally might feel so drained that you can barely stand up <laughs> because you have not been able to re-energize. Okay. Here is the challenge. Despite your personality tendency or comfort to be introverted or extroverted, we both equally have the opportunity to choose behaviors that are effective. So what that means is that you will choose to be aware of your energy, your body language. You'll choose to open your eyes a little bit. You'll choose to put your hand out and have a firm handshake. And maybe as an introvert, you may choose to do a little more preparation about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Right? So you'll say, you know, good morning, my name is Talia Fox, or good afternoon. I love being at this conference. Share with, you know, I, I'd love to hear about your journey. So you're going to have that pre-planned, and that's what you're going to say. Then you'll listen. And just like an extrovert, sometimes introverts, because you're processing, you'll stand here like this. I've watched this where it's like, well, people are talking. Because you're processing, nothing wrong with that. But there is actually, this is, a, this is literally as simple and as technical as the wobble. When someone is talking to you, you do this. Oh, hmm, <laughs> interesting. Even you, you've got to do the thing. Really, right? So you can, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. Um, it's funny, nobody argues with me about the dance. Like introverts and extroverts, do they get on the dance floor and do both? Right? And they do the, do they do the same moves? Right. right? And introverts don't mess up any less than the extroverts. Although some introverts are like, it's funny, the, the, the introverts, if you notice, watch this tonight or Saturday night, whenever. The introverts are really into what they're doing, they're focused. The extroverts are like, <laughs> and the extroverts are getting upset because when you do the turn and you do a little freestyle, the extroverts are looking around to see who's looking. Right? They want to make sure people are seeing their move. So. Anyway, it's a very fascinating thing. However, everybody can do the dance. And so if you are an introvert, you're going to have to be a little bit more aware of the energy that you're putting out. And be aware that you're going to get tired. So for me, I actually left and I spent some time being quiet so I could re-energize for you. I'm actually, I'm an introvert. Does that surprise any of you? I get my energy from being alone. I actually prefer often to be alone but I cannot be a competent leadership development person if I do not speak up and I don't learn the dance, right? But it's not necessarily something that I want to do, but I know that it's appropriate, it's effective, and now I've been doing it so long, it feels very, very comfortable and very easy, right? Really important. Um, is that helpful? 
Let me ask you that the second question really, really quick that you had. If you're an extrovert and you want to help an introvert, um, you might need to help yourself first because sometimes extroverts can be too much. Too much talking, too much sharing. And sometimes we can be what I like to call a little overconfident, which can be a little bit obnoxious. So we have two extremes. We have people that are way too introverted where you can't have a conversation. And then you have those that are, um, it's just, it's just a little bit too much. And we need to be honest with ourselves about that. And this is how you know if it's too much. Uh, you, literally, there's a rhythm of ask one question. If you're an extrovert, you, ask, you, you share one or two sentences. And then it needs to go to a question, and you need to listen. And then you share again. What I have found with a lot of extroverted students is that I will, sit and, I will stand and talk to them. They'll come up and talk to me. It's very interesting. They'll talk to me for a good 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, they shared so much about themselves, but they did not ask me one question. And let me tell you why this is a problem. They literally just engaged in a conversation where they only learned what they already knew. <laughs> it is less important for you to share everything about yourself than it is for you to understand what other people are doing, because then there's no point of the conversation. Right? So we get so committed to, this is about me, I need to share everything I do, I'm trying to impress you, that we forget that the, the knowledge and wisdom that you can get from people is going to be your most valuable experience. Which is why, you'll do this in a minute, you want to practice your couple of sentences of what you say about yourself that you think captures who you are. Two or three sentences to a question. Okay. Excellent. Next question. Yes, sir. Hi everyone, I'm Jabril Muhammad, uh, engineer at NAPSI Philly. Fabulous. As one who is typically the first person to break the ice yes. in like this type of situation, have you ever met someone? How have they um, worked on it? Or what is your advice for someone who struggles with not speaking first? Typically in the environment where people, everyone's waiting for someone else to say something. It's that awkward silence that yes. you go on. And the person then is not ready to ask a second question, follow up and you're still trying, and then you finally don't speak up. I've been trying to work on that, and just curious of some ways to train myself. So uh, uh, do you feel uncomfortable speaking at first, or you, you want to speak no. up first, but you want to give other people an opportunity? I want to, I want to yes. and, but I, I don't like people feeling, I'm, I dominate rooms, yes. typically. And, I, and I, I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to over-talk them or don't value what they're hearing. But yes. I also want the conversation to advance. Yes. So I think that you can own that, right? And you do present very, very well just in this experience. If, if you're the person that break the ice, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, another reason is because um, although we want to care about everybody else, we also are here, you as an individual, who you are, how you come, you're here to extract maximum value for yourself as well. And so you don't, you don't have to apologize for that. Uh, and so I would definitely speak up. The only thing that, that you know, I would be aware of, and I have the same exact, sometimes I'm sitting in a room and I have 18 questions, but because of the dance, I only ask one, right? <laughs> but I have so many different questions and so many different things, or maybe, maybe two, right? Or if I see that nobody is really speaking up, then, then, you know, I might be the person that asks a second or a third question, and I might say, um, 
you know, th thank you for this. I, I just have a, a, a lot of questions and, and I hope that it's valuable for everybody else and, and you can kind of continue to ask, which is absolutely fine. But it's kind of just monitoring, waiting, seeing who else would like to ask questions. If absolutely no one does, then absolutely own that space and, and support the conversation. And the other thing is making sure that it's something you really want to know. Sometimes I do feel like that there are some people where they just want to talk and sometimes the questions are either redundant from a question that was already asked or it's not really a question, it's a story or something else, right? So, so you wanna kind of be in a learning space depending on where you are and what you're doing. Uh, in the workplace, um, it's a little tricky because you, you wanna be in a learning space, but you also in the workplace, you wanna get in there constantly, right? If you're, if you're on a team, I would say make sure you're asking valuable questions, but we really do as young professionals, if you can get in there, get in the conversation and speak up quite a bit, uh, that, that's, that's a really important space. If you have quality, quality questions, that's what's really important. Okay, what, what other questions do you have? Um, so when it comes to being genuine, yes, I get a lot of questions sometimes when people ask about caring about or acting like you care about things that you do not care about. Is there a place for that? And how can you be genuine even in things you're not particularly interested in? I love this question. Thank you for raising your hand twice. Thank you. Um, so this is a little, what I'm about to share is a little controversial. So uh, Brene Brown and I, we have a little bit of a differing view on this because I love her work on vulnerability and shame. And so the, the, the work that she does is the courage to be yourself and the courage to be in environments where you can really own and be yourself and not, not to have, have shame. So I am an advocate for that. My background is in therapy. So I literally, the beginning of my career, I helped people sort of develop and work on things like shame and courage and, and dealing with trauma. So there's a lot of stuff that we're all dealing with, and as I come into this corporate world, I can, you know, I can kind of sense as a former <laughs> psychotherapist, we're dealing with some stuff, right? We're just all dealing with, with, with many, many things. I, for one, I'll tell you, we'll turn this into a little therapeutic moment. I'll tell you what I'm dealing with. So for the last five years, I've had an engagement ring on, and this engagement ring is gone because I broke off my engagement, so that's what I'm dealing with right now. So it's, it's one of those things where um, I'm a little less, I'm very distracted. And so as I come to environments like this, and I'm sharing this because I want us to know we're all dealing with stuff. So I come to environments like this, I really have to use my strategies to make sure that my mind is focused and I'm thinking about serving you well and not thinking about all the other stuff that's, that's going on in my mind because my heart is broken. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole other story. We can talk about it while we're doing the wobble only. Um... You're listening to Job Ready Certification Fast Track. Behavior in Business, Best Practices in Business Etiquette, a Professional Development Seminar, featuring Talia Fox. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the Bayes STEM Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. But, but back to authenticity. Um, just, I just shared that just to, to share, but let's go back to authenticity. So Brene Brown and I, we differ a little bit because here's where people go wrong. They confuse authenticity and competence. So I grew up, my father uh, is, and I, I, I might have shared this a little bit earlier, 
my father can't read. I'm, I'm on Bahamian. My father grew up in the Bahamas. He had 21 brothers and sisters. Um, my mother has a, yeah, my mother has a disability. And I grew up in an environment. I told you about my grandmother, but when I went home, it was not like that with the book on there. It was a total different environment. Um, and so there was a time in my life where, the reason why I hate my grandmother so much is because I really like to just walk like this. <laughs> And when we eat at home, I used to, I don't know if anybody can remember, we used to get pots and put Apple Jacks in it. <laughs> and I would eat with a big spoon. And you know what? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. When I sit on a chair, my natural comfort is to sort of have my legs going. I mean, if, if you really want to be authentic, uh, those are the kinds of things that I feel really comfortable. I just feel relaxed. I prefer to be in sweatpants or yoga pants, right? It's, 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 that's, that's the piece. However, there are skills and commitments that we've made, and it's not personal about being authentic. It's actually just the wobble. Nobody walks like this all day. It's not authentic. You learn the dance. And so you are being competent by even speaking in a particular way, by wearing, it's kind of the uniform of the corporate world. You are being competent by showing, the reason I show interest, so let's say I work for, let's say I went right now, I know nothing about aerospace. And let's say I was hired to be a part of aerospace. Because you are paying me, what I, what's authentic to me is integrity. So you are actually paying me to be interested and engaged. And interest and engagement is not something, you're not paying me to truly be interested and engaged. <laughs> you're paying me to show up and be interested and engaged. And let me show you what that looks like. Tell me more about that. Absolutely. So let me get it straight around what exactly you need. So the requirement is A, B, and C. And what's a priority for you is this. Is that correct? Absolutely. What else can I do for you to serve you well? Excellent. When do you need this by? Let me just confirm that I have it right. So you have three areas. This one is the priority, and you want me to make sure that I have the customer needs. Is that correct? Fantastic. What else do you need from me? So you may think that that was, do I seem like super interested? and engaged, and it's literally competence. That's not personality. Because the personality might be, I'm really hungry, I wanna go home, I could use some new shoes, I'd like to be laying in my bed. I really wanna call my boyfriend. Oh, I forgot, I don't have one anymore, right? I mean, whatever. <laughs> I know, I gotta laugh at your pain. Um, <laughs> so, that's what I'm authentically thinking, but it is actually, Thank you guys, you all speak so it. It is actually though, I am out of integrity for someone to pay me to do a job and for me to express that, those feelings in attitude and or words, right? Here's another thing. Let's say I stayed up, anybody watch Breaking Bad? Okay, Breaking Bad is a series on Netflix, do not watch it because it is so good that it will just have you captivated. I shouldn't even have told you that, okay? So at one point I was watching this series, and I won't watch series anymore because it literally was gonna be the end of me. I would be in my bed and have a cover over my head, and, and I would be up till three o'clock in the morning because I had to keep pressing next episode, next episode, right? Some of you can relate to this, some of you cannot. However, um, the next day, because I was up till three, I had to get up at like five in the morning, I'm going on three hours sleep, right? Now if I were an amateur, this is how I would be at my meeting. I literally would be sitting here and I would be like, exhausted and like listening to you like this. But guess what? With three hours sleep, I've got my notebook and it's the same wobble. 
What else can I do for you? Absolutely. I, you know what? I had an opportunity to look into that. I have not read those emails, but at 10 o'clock this morning, I will respond to you. Great. Right? Uh, let's say I have nothing to say. Let's tell you, what do you have to say? Well, let me say this. I ag absolutely agree with what Prentice said earlier. And I think that what you're saying, I'm not quite sure exactly if that's the way I would go, but I really want to learn more about what you said. Right? Um, I know we haven't heard from, what's your name? Imani. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Right? I'm so exhausted. And I'm going to leave here and sleep when work is over. But right now it's game time. My eyes will be open, my posture will be good, my voice is going to sound just like this, and I'm going to continue to give you this kind of energy, and it does not matter what is going on. So many believe that that is being inauthentic. People actually will argue that. I believe that it's competence and integrity. And so that's where a lot of people have these conversations, that's where I differ, because I think that there are skills. You are there to meet requirements, you are there to serve an organization well. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't have conversations offline, it doesn't mean that I won't leave that meeting and walk and say, oh my gosh, Prentice, I am so tired. <gasps> What's on your plate today? Could you help me out? I'm gonna leave just a little bit early and this is what I need, right? So we're having this authentic moment, but at that team meeting, Am I not getting paid to do a job? Right? Are we not exchanging value? Thank you. Are we not exchanging value? What is this? So, so it's interesting. You are talking to someone that's a CEO of a company. So I have a very different perspective. Because I actually you know, sign payroll. And it actually makes my stomach sick. There are some people on my payroll where I feel queasy when I have to sign it. <laughs> Isn't that sad? You do not want to be that person. Because I'm like, what the heck do they do, right? Coming to work tired, bad attitude, and it feels, I'll tell you, I'm going to use a very strong word here, I actually feel in some ways a little bit violated. I feel personally offended. Because of my integrity, I agreed to pay you, and you know that there is no, I'm not going to mess with anybody's pay. I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to pay you because you didn't do a good job, because I understand how much you need to be paid. But, but then there is a lack of integrity there. I have to be an integrity on my word. But, and sometimes it has to happen even though other people aren't keeping their commitment to be a competent contributor to what they agreed to do. Nobody twisted your arm. That's why they give you a job, what's it called, a job offer, right? And so when they give you a job offer, they want you to accept, right? And so what that means is that they're assuming that you have agreed to have integrity around what you said you're going to do. Right? So again, this is the most important question that anyone can ask because are you confusing, are you confusing um, authenticity with competence? Other questions? Okay, let's do an exercise. So what you are going to do is, I know you've been practicing networking, and what I'd like you to do, you only get three sentences. And I want you to capture not just what you do, but who you are in three sentences. So in this group, you get to share just three sentences. And I want you just to capture not just what you do, but who you are. So what would be those three sentences that you would craft? So you could take a couple minutes if you want to kind of write them down and think about them. And then what I'd like for you to do, and actually, one, two, three, four. If I could have three of you move to this table here. 
And if I could have three of you move to this table right here with three people there. Okay. So it should be very, very short, less than 30 seconds, three sentences that you feel capture what, who you are and what you do. And you're going to share it with your group. And then we're going to choose a couple people from each group to share with this group. Okay, let's pause right there. Let's pause right there. Let's pause right there. Excellent. Great kids know each other. All right, let me get three volunteers. So you're introducing yourself to me. So by volunteering, you're also open to uh, some feedback and for teachable moments. So thank you in advance for your service. Uh, it takes courage and competence to be able to volunteer and step up. It also takes courage and competence to be able to accept feedback and, to, and for that feedback to be used for the good of the group. So I thank you, the three of you. Can you clap them up? Okay. They are up here for your benefit. Up here for your benefit. Okay. Yes. Hi, my name is Princess Williams. I'm a freshman at Delaware State University. Um, I'm a computer science major. Yes. I'm very passionate about that field. I've been in it for a few years now. And I'm really just seeking to make live my life to the best of my ability and enjoy it with others and help any, anybody in any way I can. Fabulous. Excellent job. So a couple of things. So, so that is great. What we want to try to do a little bit with our introductions is to get it a little more conversational. So for some of us, we're saying, my name is. So you literally just may, as we shake our hands, so I would say, Talia Fox. I'm at Delaware State University. What's your state? I'm, I, everybody, oh, you are. OK. Um, <laughs> I might just say, I'm at Delaware State University. What organization are you with? That's it. Oh, really? That's interesting, because I'm a psychology major. I'm always wondering how psychology intersects with leadership, right? Um, one of the things I'm enjoying about the conference is, do you see that, that rhythm where you don't have to sort of give your whole thing? I know you were requested to do it, so that's why this is sort of a teachable moment. Um, but again, as we start to take those three sentences, you have that information in your head, but that might be spread across an entire conversation as we move forward. All right, so let's do a little more natural once again. Hi, my name is Princess Williams. Talia Fox, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm from Delaware State University, a freshman. Excellent. Uh, what company are you with? I'm with Kusai Global. I do leadership development. Oh, nice. Um, do you have any way of computer science connecting to uh, leadership development? Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't really thought about that. Are, are, have you thought about leadership development within computer science? Um, not too much, but I think there would be ways um, to integrate maybe an app into computer science um, with leadership development. Ah. Do you see how that went? He, you didn't even know that was coming, did you? Right? <laughs> he didn't even know that was coming. But this is the power of a conversation, so I didn't expect that either. I was like, oh, I might have to be interested. Let me give you my card. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, so, but, but now we just had an interesting conversation. He genuinely, this is very authentic. I'm not faking. He just sparked my interest. He just sparked my interest genuinely, right? Because I hadn't really thought about apps. So I said, have you thought about it? And he's like, yeah, maybe there's an app. Now we're having a conversation. Excellent job. Let's give him a hand. Yeah. Right. Now, had you thought about that before this moment? No. I love it. All right. <laughs> yes. 
Hello, I'm Ashton Myers. Hi, Ashton. I'm Talia Fox. Nice Hi, to meet you. I'm a student at Grandma State University, majoring in social work and cybersecurity. Oh, wow. I'm Interesting. I'm currently learning about Python, and my goal in cybersecurity is to ensure that everyone's cyber information is protected. Oh. Um, does your company need any protection in cybersecurity? No, and you know, I don't even know what Python really is. I've heard of it, but it. Um, Python is a language that is used in the cyber world. Oh. Um, it helps computers and the humans interact and communicate. Interesting. All right. Let's get her hand. Once again, not a stereotypical moment, we can have a little more, you know, you could just say Ashton Myers or like Talia Fox, excellent, and you'll say Grambling State University. Oh wow, and so I'm majoring in cybersecurity, and then you ask the question. Same kind of kind of flow, which which was great. And then sometimes we might have gone a little too fast to what my company needs. There was a little rhythm that was slightly fast. So what you might have wanted to do is pull back, and you don't have to share. So I know you shared social work and cybersecurity. I might just say, um, I'm at Grambling State University, and I'm focused on cybersecurity, and I'm done, right? Um, and so uh, you, know, you, you, and you could say, if I start to talk, I might say, what year are you in? Oh, I'm a senior. Really, what, what's next for you? And then you might say, well, I'm actually looking for opportunities. I'm, he, I, I'm at the conference. I'm trying to learn as much as I can from executives so that I can start to prepare my plan, right? Right? Do, you, do you see that? So now I'm constantly trying to engage you into what you can do. And let me tell you, these executives, they are here with the spirit of giving back. So that's the engagement. I'm here to learn. I'm here to really engage with executives to get some guidance. Those are the words. Guidance and support. Sometimes if you go straight to the ask, that's OK. But they, the guidance and support will lead to the ask, which is really important. Let's give you a hand. Fantastic job. All right. Hello. Uh, another great thing would be to have. This is happening to me too. I just I, I'm 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 too aggressive, which I just turn people's things around. But I don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So one thing you may want to check. Everybody's badge is always turned around because it actually helps to to know the name. So, all right. Are we ready? Okay. Uh, my name is Cameron. Cameron. And your name is Talia Fox. Right. Yes. Right. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. How money works. I didn't get that. Tell me again. Okay. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And I'm a welfare agent who teaches people how money works. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So you teach people how money works, which I which I really like that. Couple couple of quick things. Excellent. Give me a hand. Wonderful. Um, so again, so 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 you do want to say your first and last name, um, which I'll come back and say Talia Fox. Sometimes you can take the uh, if you're speaking to these executives, you likely want to always. Say, you know, nice to meet you, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. You start with that, and they may say, please call me Talia, or whatever that is. So that's the first thing. So the second thing is, I like that you had a one-sentence piece. And that piece is very meaningful in marketing, although it might have been said a little bit too fast. So you might say, and you want to think about how that integrates into the conference. So you might say something like, um, you might just say, I'm, what's your major at Xavier? Uh, Dips. So that's digital innovation, film and television, with a twin career in finance. Okay. Okay. So I might say something like, because it's a lot, oh, I'm at Xavier University. And I might even say where that, you know, people know, you've ever been to New Orleans and whatever that is. I'm at Xavier University. And I'm, I'm majoring in two very kind of interesting, odd things, both finance and digital film, right? What, what, you know, what organization are you from, right? And then I'm going to go right into um, something like, 
Is this your first conference, right? If you see that there's not really a segue, you're going to get the rhythm, because we're going to start to dance, <laughs> right? And you're going to say, so, so is this your first conference? And then I'll say, so why, why, what do you ha what's happening in the conference for you? And you might say, well, finance is a part of the STEM field, and what I'm hoping to do is this, right? Uh, do you have any suggestions, right? And then um, here's how I would twist this. Say, listen, as, as we're leaving, I want to ask you a question. I've been trying to come up with a tagline for what I do. And so here's my tagline. What was the tagline? I'm a wealth, wait, the original one? Yes. My name is Cameron Bowman from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a wealth wave agent who goes to Xavier University. So the tagline though, you said something, you teach people how. I teach people how money works. Yeah, so here's how I would, here's how I would take that and, and smooth it out with, as a strategy. I might say, hey, because this is a little more natural, because sometimes we, we seem to, we don't want to seem like a commercial, right? But you might say, hey, I want to ask your opinion on something, Talia. I've been coming up with a tagline because I want to be clear when I communicate what I do. And so my tagline is that I teach people how money actually, how, I teach people how money works. How does that resonate with you? Like, yeah, do you think that people would be interested in learning how, how money works? And I'd be like, well, that's interesting. Exactly what do you do, right? And so then you might say, well, I actually counsel and support people in managing their finances, right? And I say, I like that tagline. I might give them some ideas. But you see how I kind of smoothed that in a little bit? But I wanted to ask his opinion on the tagline. So there's a naturalness that comes in there. Excellent. Okay, wonderful. Okay. So 80% of trust and believability is based on how you speak, not what you actually say. Only 7% of how people absorb or perceive trust and believability is based on your words. So what's most important in your introduction is that you are projecting warmth and confidence. And you want to figure out what warmth and confidence looks like. And typically, warmth, uh, what do you think warmth looks like? A smile, it's so simple. A smile, that's warmth. Confidence, usually, I'm actually doing something with my voice. I'm projecting, but I'm also, and I do this when I speak, I don't talk like this to my friends, so I don't say, yesterday I had food at a restaurant, right? I'm enunciating, right? Because I know in this experience, particularly for those of us that have very complicated, we have complicated names of colleges, you all have such complicated uh, majors, and don't think that just because you're at a STEM conference that everybody knows what you're talking about. We were just having the, uh, we had a huge laugh at the bar before I came here. I wasn't drinking because I was getting ready for you, but uh, we had a huge laugh talking about how much we don't understand what anybody is saying. And, the, and I was talking to senior level leaders at Northrop Grumman in Lockheed and we were cracking up about it. We're like, we have no idea what people are talking about. And so, uh, and, and you know, I'm not an engineer, so I kind of expect not to know, but to find out that the PhD rocket scientists have no idea what people are talking about too is pretty telling. And so what that means is that we have to learn how to not only pronounce and enunciate what we do, but then we can kind of quickly, if they want to know more, explain in really, you know, simple terms. And so you can't walk around thinking that everybody knows or in your industry or even that people know your college, right? You want to talk in really simple terms, very important. So that's confidence. The second thing is you want to your, state your first and last name. We talked on that. Um, and listen to what this says, interesting. depending on the situation, this is very powerful, you're going to talk about your college and your affiliation. Sometimes it's not appropriate to go right into that. 
You might just smile, give your name, let the other person give their name, and give them a chance to say, oh, are, are you a student? Are we, oh, yeah, I'm actually at you know, Grambling State University. Oh, really? What year are you? Oh, Missy, you, you, you let the tennis start to go. Right? If they don't ask the question, you can share, but there's a certain level of rhythm that you don't, you don't want to give everything. And try to avoid, which I see this, make sure that you're remaining a person and that you're not becoming a robot. So some of us are kind of, I, I watch it, I see the hands to the side, and like, my name is so-and-so-and-so, and, -so -and, -so, and I'm from the, and I'm in the, you know, and it's kind of, it doesn't have any meaning, you just want to relax a little bit, give your name, and ask a lot of questions. Uh, so that's an authenticity piece, but it's also a competence piece. And then the last thing that is great in this process is you definitely want to acknowledge and repeat back what people say. So you're always looking for connectors, and you want to call someone by name. So for example, when I meet uh, any kind of senior leader, I probably, by the time I left there, have said their name three or four times. Right? I might say, oh, Dr. Harris, this is great. And I might even say, congratulations on on, on your new promotion, right? What, what has been most meaningful for you? Or at the conference, do you have any goals? Oh, this is what I'm working on this year. So it becomes this real great relationship building experience, okay? Um, we have two questions. We just have a little bit of time here. Ooh, we have, okay, I've got two things I have to share with you and I've got nine minutes. You ready for it? All right, I think I'm gonna see some of you tomorrow as well when we do critical thinking. Uh, we asked the question about hands. What do you do with your hands? Um, hands can get awkward. So what I do is if I use my hands a lot. So if you're using your hands too much, if they're getting kind of big or you don't know what to do with them, I've actually watched people doing this with their hands, shows that they're nervous. So I tell my hands, hands, if you don't calm down, you're going to have to go, go back, right? <laughs> and I might use one hand. Um, if you really feel that you're super nervous, you can actually just put your hands behind your back. I like to put my hands on the small of my back and plant my feet because this is kind of my power pose and it helps me feel grounded. So I actually literally am aware of how I'm standing and what I'm doing. So you might shake hands, and I try to just stay focused. And of course, you've got to, you have to get the rhythm of the head shake. Oh, interesting. Those things are, it's everything, to be an active listener. And all you have to do is just repeat the last sentence. It's like, oh yes, I've been working, oh, Northrop Grumman. Wow, that, that, you know, I, I, I love that company. That would be a dream for me to work at a company like that. Excellent, aerospace. You know, I don't know that much about aerospace, uh, but I, I'm assuming it's, it, it must be really complicated. How'd you get into that, right? It's all about listening, right? So you say, oh, aerospace, oh, Northrop Grumman. You know, you, you, <laughs> but that is so important because it gives people this feeling of, wow, we're really talking. And everybody, I don't care what level they are, everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. And so that'll give you leverage right there if you're able to hear people. Um, really important. There was another question. Uh, oh, no, no, we answered that, right? Your, your question. Okay. Um, let me give you, and then we'll have time for maybe one or two more questions. Uh, let me give you the outline that I have in my head for every conversation. So this actually uses marketing and brain science, okay? So your first thing is how do you warm up? So your introduction, the purpose of your introduction is to get your listener's attention. And so the reason why you just may want to do your name is because, and ask a question is the question is to get their attention. But here is the thing that's going to pull them in, your energy, right? Hi, you know, Talia Fox, right? You see the smile on my face? I'm just really grateful to be here, right? I might even use some of the things we talked about. I was just in a session, 
and we were having a conversation about how many students, particularly from neighborhoods like I grew up with, just didn't have the chance to be here. So it's just so great to be here and engage with people like you. What organization are you with? Can you see the? Um, so the introduction is very important, a quick name and maybe a quick little note of something that might pull the person in. So after you have your introduction, let's say uh, you're in an interview, you're in a conversation, or somebody wants to know what you do. You're going to use the rule of three. So the rule of three is actually something that is for, for the brain science of engagement. And let me tell you how this works. Uh, you can kind of repeat after me. Stop, drop in. Ready, set. Ready, aim. Here's a hard one. Eat, pray. Ah, all right. Um, Nike, let's do it. It's just do it? Oh, sorry. Just, just do it. OK, uh, wrong words there. Anyway, three, three words. So marketers use this all the time because the brain can actually only absorb three points at one time. So in an interview, in a conversation, in an introduction, you are going to leverage that because you're not going to give people any more than three data points. And so this is how you might introduce yourself. So say, tell me a little bit about your career and what you've been doing. So I might say, well, there are three areas. Listen to the rhythm. There are three areas that I've mastered in my career. One are technical skills around cybersecurity. Two are people skills around leadership and team building. And lastly, I have uh, developed this ability to, I don't know what it might be. I usually use people and technical skills, but there might be something else. Um, one thing I'm really proud of is I've developed this ability to really project manage um, really complex challenges. I don't know. I've been able to, pro you know, I can project manage complex projects. I don't know what you might say. But anyway, you want to do three or less. Right? So then you'll go back and say, my tech, in, tech, in the technical realm, in cybersecurity, I do Python, coding, X, Y, and Z. And I've had this wonderful opportunity at my school, Grambling State University, to be on an integrated project team where we actually were able to um, learn how to do real cybersecurity model things. Right? I don't know what to say. Okay? Um, so the technical skills, I feel really good about that. But I'm also continuing to learn on that journey. Secondly, people skills. So my leadership skills, I've attended several, blah, 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 blah. I also was this. I was a student body. But, and so I feel like between the technical and people skills, that I, I'm now at a point where I could honestly say I have a lot of value to offer an organization. Oh, did you see that? What might your organization be looking for in new employees? Or um, what do you think are the most important skills that one would need to have at this level? In, in, at my level in my career. Did you see how I went that to the question? So you're going to introduce, you know, my name is Talia Fox, right? Or Talia Fox, excellent. You might say a little something. I'm a, I'm a student, psychology major, really excited and grateful to be here and interact with people like you. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Well, two things. I like to master technology. I love technology and people. Technology, I do cybersecurity. People, um, I, I like to really work on leadership and communication skills. Right? So then, as the conversation ends, you want to start to, with the rhythm, go to next steps. So there are a couple of next steps that are available to you. One next step could be that you'd like to follow up. This is a great next step. If you don't know where to go, follow up and say, would you be open 
to me emailing you so I could have a 15-minute conversation. I'm trying to sort of collect some wisdom around um, what my career path and direction. Would you be open to a 15-minute conversation? May I send you an email, right? That's one next step. Do you see how that can like really pull someone in? Another next step may be, you know, I'm really in the job hunting phase and I'm going pretty strongly. I had an interview, I've had interviews with several organizations at this conference. Would you be willing to refer me to your recruiter so that I could share my skills and capabilities? Right? You know, I don't know where there might be synergy between cybersecurity and leadership, but I'd love to just add you to my network. It's always great to see other executives that have gone through a path, and I'm always trying to figure out how to identify both just mentors and people I might be able to reach out to for advice on my career. It's been so great to learn about your journey and to share a little bit about my interests. Did you hear that? So I just took you through, it's your intro, no more than two points about yourself, and then you go to your next step. So you're either going to ask for a referral, you're going to ask for a conversation for help, or you're going to maybe ask just to add into their network. Those are the only three buckets that, those people, that the people are going to be. So when they're talking to you, depending on um, what you have in common with them is going to lead you to what you ask for, right? Let's say they say, oh, we have lots of jobs open right now. Could you direct me to the next steps? I'd love to have, not, I want one of those jobs, or I think I'd be great for this job. I would like the opportunity to share more about how I, listen to the sentence, I'd like the opportunity to share more about how I might add value to your organization. I'd like the opportunity to share more or to learn more about the opportunities available. Right? What would be the best option for me to share more about my, my, my strengths and, and what I've been doing? Right? What do you suggest? Really important, the next steps. So try not to just leave the conversation. Okay, great meeting you. Right? There should be a, a move forward. There might be some people that are just nice to meet you, but everybody, you just have your three buckets. You decide where they're going to go as you move to the rhythm of the conversation. Hmm. It's the dance. You're going to do it? To the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. Now dip, now dip. I'll stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And then it just kind of becomes a truth. Now you know, and I don't, I'm mixing all the songs, as you know now, but if the song was on, I'm mixing them all up. I stopped the wobble, I was doing something else, I could be doing hand dancing. I don't know what's going on, because the music isn't playing. But if the music was playing, I would know exactly what to do. And after you do it for a while, I get rusty if I'm not dancing. But once you start doing it for a while, it starts to be almost effortless, and you don't have to think about it anymore, right? So this is exactly how this will be. I use this outline all day, every day, but I just don't have to think about it as much because I use it so much. Anytime someone asks you a question, you're like, intro, couple points, conclusion, next steps, got it. What you got next for me, right? That's, that's in the head. Uh, I think we are there, 5.01, we're out of time. I hope I can see you all on the dance floor. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Job Ready Certification Fast Track, Behavior in Business, Best Practices in Business Etiquette, a professional development seminar. Featuring CEO of QSI Global, Talia Fox. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference 
For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.